Hello, hello everybody, and welcome to episode number three of the Rage Quid Podcast. I'm your host, Sanjay Robin, and let's start. So, I want to formally apologize for um, what happened in episode one. There was a huge problem with my recording software. Apparently, for whatever reason it was, the hosting platform that I was using was not allowing me to publish the whole audio of the podcast normally for whatever reason, so I had to basically do a whole bunch of changes um, to the audio and re-upload it. I had to do it twice before it finally accepted the audio format, but I have figured out how to do it, and I am uh, good to go. Um, Slight bit of a learning curve there in terms of, uh, you know, just uh, getting to know your software, and, you know, I'm not a professional. This is the first time I'm doing podcasting, so there's always going to be, you know, mistakes. But thank you all for understanding. And a lot of people reach out to me and let me know that, hey, you know, we love your podcast. And, you know, but we can only hear 15 minutes. Is this like an intro? I'm like, no, you should be able to hear the whole of uh, the one hour ish of whatever I recorded. But, you know. Uh, I have to give a shout out to all the people that uh, reached out to me and let me know about it. So thank you guys for letting me know. Uh, You know, I am doing this so that all of us can do better. Uh, uh, Hopefully I can form a community in which, um, you know, people understand each other and understand these bigger issues that is affecting us and our society so that we can come together as a a collective and... um, Uh, do better. So, today's topic that I'm going to talk on pertains to a lot of social issues that we're facing. I mean, it's, it's just that I feel that people don't understand the basic concepts of society, uh, finance, uh, politics, stuff like that. And, and I feel that as, a person who sees my friends making mistakes, I mean, I want to correct them. I want them to do good. And I feel that a lot of times they mean well, but since their basic understanding of society and concepts is wrong, they just go down this wrong path. So today's episode is going to be getting back to the basics, uh, society, politics, uh, 101. So let's dive into it. There are a lot of things uh, that I feel people get wrong. And one of those things is, um, and I've, I've heard this so many times, is I've, I've heard it at my work, I've heard it outside is poverty. Now, people feel that, oh, you know, this guy is homeless or, you know, this guy is poor because he just made, you know, some wrong financial decisions. Now, yes, that is though that is one of the reasons why, but that's not the only reason why. Um, my wife was telling me that she had a friend of hers whose father was a physical therapist 
this man of it for the people who don't know physical therapists make a good amount of money and the fact that because of drugs that he eventually ended up out on the streets it it, it was just baffling to me right and, and it shows that anybody can be in a bad situation and i just feel that a lot of times people lack compassion it's that when you see a person on the streets and this this was this was a line actually told to me was like we were talking something at work about you know how uh you know one of my coworkers she encountered somebody on in the parking lot and they were asking for money and they just her her reaction towards that was like she was like i'm not going to give that person money like it's just going to make him more lazier and i was like the guy is homeless he just probably wants to eat food or you know just like have something to survive like he's not like you know why is the knee jerk reaction if somebody asks for money to you on the street is to no go find a job you you think the person who's poor and living on the streets do they want are they doing that on purpose do you think that that's their like long time goal or do you think that that's their like whole objective is to be homeless no the guy probably messed up in life and like you know if you're gonna be that uncharitable to him i mean like i don't know what to say when when i told my coworker that you know i i found a person and you know i had a little bit of spare change in my wallet and i gave it to gave it to them they're like no robin like why why are you why are you giving money to the poor like they should go probably find a job or something and i was just like man your worldview is so bitter like I mean, I don't want to assume stuff, but I feel that, like, I've seen this sentiment in a lot of people. Just because I didn't get it, why is it that you were getting this for, you know, free? The 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 thing that I'm going to move on to is uh, student loan cancellation. Now, student loan cancellation, honestly, is a good thing. A lot of other countries have free education let me say that again a lot of countries have free education the fact that the united states of america doesn't have any free form of education is just mind-boggling and it's not that we can't do it it's just that we choose not to do it and i just don't know why it, it it just it it just like escapes me that we have all the infrastructure we have all the facilities yet we choose not to do it now you might be asking yourself why is that why are we not doing it this comes back to a very very old concept that i'm going to tell you guys about now, i want you to sit down for this and i want you to understand that what i'm going to say may not be processed that easily by some people may not be processed easily by a lot of people but this needs to be said and this needs to be heard now before i 
explain that concept to you. Uh, I want to quote, uh, I don't know how many people who know this, uh, but uh, this man, uh, if somebody can answer that, you know, uh, email me or something like that with this answer, I will give them a special gift. So uh, I'm going to read out the quote. And um, if somebody can tell me that, uh, I will know how knowledgeable you are in terms of politics. We are in a danger of producing an educational proletariat. That's dynamite. We have to be very selective on who we allow into college. Any guesses? Any guesses? No? No? All right. This was the one and only Friedman. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This was the world-famous Roger Friedman, also who worked for uh, President Nixon. Basically, what he was trying to say is, if you give the peasants too much of power, they are going to have an uprising. Which stems back to the concept of upward social mobility. Education is the number one way well, I wouldn't say number one, but one of the best ways for upward social mobility. The more educated you are, the better job you can have, the more money you can make. Simple as that. Basic concept. A basic concept that a lot of people identified. And by identifying that, they were basically like, yeah, we need to make stuff expensive so the poor people can't move up. We need a working underclass so that they can work for less and make more money for the working class. For, uh, not for the working class, I'm sorry. For the owning class. This was a concept that a lot of people just don't understand. And even now, like, I hear a lot of people saying that, oh, I don't understand <laughs> why, you know, these people are going to, you know, these young kids are going to college. You know, I went to trade school and I earned more than them. Like, yeah, you also work a job in which, like, your body gets destroyed by the age of, like, 45. So, yeah, I'm, I'll be happy working for a little bit less in, like, a well-conditioned uh, office than be out in the scorching hot sun doing asphalt. So, yeah. I'll take the air conditioning over working on scorching hot asphalt. This also comes back to the simple concept of, of um, individualism. Like, the concept of individualism in, in America just, like, baffles me. Like, like we refuse to come together as a collective, as a, a singular country. But the and and the only thing we care about is me, me myself and only me. I don't care about the other people. The only person I care about is myself. Which, I mean, if you if you if you call yourself a call yourselves a Christian, I mean, like love thy neighbor is is something that a basic concept that I I think any Christian person can understand. And when I hear stuff like, oh, why are you giving them money to the poor people? Like, it just like, it, it just makes me sad. Like, you have no compassion towards a person who's suffering. Yes, that suffering may have been brought on by himself for whatever reason. So you don't know. I don't know. So let's just, you know, assume by giving him like, you know, four or five dollars, you know, it's not burning a hole in my pocket. 
you know, it might just give him his next meal. I mean, heck, what's wrong with that? But people just seem to hate that. And and it's it's just it just makes me very, very sad. Here's the second second part about uh, this whole idea that people don't understand society in society. Everybody talks about how America is divided, how America is divided between, you know, the left, the right, you know, uh, the white people, the non-white people. But in actuality, America is only divided into two classes. The working class and the owning class. They're the only two types of people uh, that exist in America. And let, let, let me explain that concept to you. A lot of times, the media, the politicians, everybody will try to create this narrative that um, America is divided because of its ideology or because of, uh, you know, they give like hundreds of reasons. Oh, he's, he's like that way because he's white. He's this way because he's black or brown or whatever. But in actuality... The only two people that exist are the working class and the owning class. The working class are majority of the time poor, middle class, or maybe in some instances upper middle class. And the owning class are usually the rich people. Uh, your CEOs, your your capital owners, your your you know, your big corporate bosses. These are the owning class. And they will cater to the needs of their own class. It's simple as that. It's it's just common sense. You know, so if if like I've I've heard some of my friends and my god, when I heard him say that, I was just baffled. We were talking something about uh regulations. Companies love and I mean love deregulation. Companies love like deregulation as much as like I don't know, fish love water. You know, that's the best analogy I can give right now. But basically, we were talking about something. And yeah, it was the whole uh, crisis about when there was a baby uh, baby formula shortage. The reason why that happened was, was because the companies refused to stick to a certain standard. And when they finally got cracked down by the authorities for mismanaging their product and having a lot of contaminated baby formula they're like okay rather than pay the fine and bring everything up to standards we'll just you know we'll just shut the place down i mean like heck yeah we still have two more facilities open but they're they're not gonna you know they're not gonna pay more money because the whole purpose of big corporations is to make more profit and they will do anything, and I mean anything, to make their shareholders happier and produce more profit. Another example is right after uh, when, when the prices of gas was going up like crazy. You know, for filling a tank of gas, I remember I had to spend almost, uh, on an average right now, I spend... $50 to fill up a full tank of gas. I drive a Honda Accord. Uh, and and yes, it is a gas guzzler. But usually I spend $50 to fill up a whole tank. And it usually runs me about two weeks. 
when the prices were up, I spent, I remember at one point, I spent almost $100 to fill up my gas tank. It was ridiculous. And everybody was blaming Biden. Everybody was blaming that he cut off the Exxon pipeline. But people are just not understanding. It's a very simple concept. The reason why the prices went up was because the companies increased the price. There's no, it's, it's a simple concept. I'm going to increase the price and there's nothing you're going to do about it. And people are like, oh, it's Biden. That's the reason why the prices of gases are going up. And like, I had one, one of my coworkers, like from my old job, going around sticking pictures of Biden pointing at the gas, gas prices saying that I did that. I'm like, you, you don't understand basic supply demand and, and price gouging. It's, it's just insane. So let me explain that concept to you. This is why your friendly neighborhood Sanjay Robin is here, right? So when COVID struck, nobody talked about gas prices then because gas prices plummeted because there was no demand. Every There was a lockdown. Nobody was driving their cars. And because of that, gas prices went down. And because of that, when the companies saw that they weren't having so much gas to produce, a company that had around five uh, plants to make gas said, ah, we, we don't need five, you know, five plants running simultaneously. Just let's just keep two two plants open. So they laid off a whole bunch of people, closed down like majority of their plants, and they were just running at bare minimum. But guess what happened? Things started opening back up again. And what did they do? Instead of doing the decent thing, by saying, oh, okay, now we need to produce more gas. So why don't we just uh, reopen those plants, hire more people, and you know we'll be able to we'll be able to meet the needs. No, that's not what they did. They just left the two plants open, and they were like, yeah, we're just gonna jack up the prices, and we're gonna blame inflation, or you know, we're gonna blame, um, we're gonna blame the Biden administration. And, and, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be completely fine because we have a whole bunch of people in the government that we're paying. Um, so, you know, they're going to take our sides. You know, they'll say that, oh, no, it's inflation as well. And that's how the prices shot up. I remember one of my friends living in California sent me a picture. It was something like $10 for a gallon of gas. Oh, my God. I would just like, thank God I do not live there. I mean, yeah, it was it was just so insane. And and people just like overlook like the fact that these companies are just doing that. And instead, they just look to the government like, hey, he's responsible. Hey, he's the one who's doing it. Like, how, how how do you how do you make that statement? I, I just don't I just don't understand that concept. But that's why I'm here. We're going back to the basics. We're understanding the concepts of society and how they function. Which brings me back to the conversation I was having with my friend. So we were talking about um, regulation and the whole baby formula thing. And I was like, if, if it were up to me, I would put so much of regulation on these companies that it would be impossible for them to do such scummy things. And 
my friend stopped me and he's he's a little bit more on the right he's quite a bit more on the right than I am let's be honest here so he basically said that I would want the companies to have the least amount of regulation and I looked at him and he was like I, I was just baffled and he saw it on my face and he was like then he tried to explain himself. He tried to say that if the companies have less regulation, they'll be free, more free to produce more and they'll hire more people. I'm like, oh my God, you're so naive. He's operating under the circum, like he's operating like these companies are like good. Like they want, you know, the American people to do good. And I was like, no, no, buddy. These, these guys don't want to do good for the American people. These, all they care about is profits. So if you deregulate them, then there's literally nothing that, that'll be preventing them from, like, you know, laying off thousands of people, like, removing, like, all the restrictions that are there on their manufacturing techniques. Like, that includes all the safety regulations and stuff like that. Heck, in, in uh, what was that place where they found a whole bunch of children working in a meat processing plant? Oh, my God. And and the fact that the uh, the governor signed a legal document stating that they she was going to remove remove the restrictions on the age well she didn't remove but she she lowered the age uh the minimum age from 18 to 16 uh it was in the state of nebraska uh, a lot of uh immigrant children and i'm talking 13 year olds like 12 13 year olds were found working in meat processing plants in nebraska to clean the equipment i mean and the governor of Nebraska, she signed a, a law that reduced the legal age, saying that children need to go to work and stop being lazy. I mean, <laughs> heck, my question was, 16, why did she stop there? Heck, like, she should have just said that, yeah, the legal age to work is like five or six. The moment, like, a toddler should be able to walk, put a hard hat on him and send him to the construction site. That goddamn person needs to start making money yeah stop freeloading <laughs> what are you a communist <laughs> freeloading off of your parents you're gonna work and earn a living ay 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 that is uh it, it it just makes you wonder like you know you're trying to protect children and there then there's people like that who's just like going like yep yolo baby we're just gonna do whatever it takes to make the maximum amount of profits like and and i want to ask i really want you know somebody to investigate like uh where she's getting her uh political funds from like i'm pretty sure one or two meat processing companies will definitely come up in the list of donors that she gets to her campaign funds huh <sighs> it's it's just crazy how how this this world is turning out to be i just i just don't understand it sometimes now we come to a topic that is very near and dear to my heart well by near and dear to my heart uh, i mean that by saying i'm an immigrant and 
because of that. Uh, and sometimes the place where I work in, I hear this thing a lot. Build the wall. That's right. You build the wall. And and I, I, I don't know, like, the whole thing about building the wall. Was that a sentiment that so many of the right-wing people agree on? Because I've never heard that concept until I heard President Trump come into presidency. And a whole bunch of people were, you know, tossing that statement around right and left. I mean, I've been told that they would toss me across the wall several times but i mean i i don't think they've seen the uh the globe because even if they would toss me across the wall i'm from india india is nowhere near the united states i mean if he were to toss me all the way to india i mean that's an impressive throw i mean i weigh close to 200 pounds and i mean Throwing a 200-pound man across the wall to a different continent into a different country. I mean, you got to have, I mean, man, your arm must be insane, like an, intercon like an intercontinental ballistic missile or something. I mean, goddamn. But I've heard this concept a lot that, you know, this I've heard it when I was in grad school. I've heard it when I was even working. And I just stay quiet. I just, like, let them go on. And it's usually from the older crowd that I hear this from. And sometimes, I mean, heck, sometimes from the younger crowd as well. Yeah, I want to build a wall to prevent immigrants from coming into this, illegal immigrants to coming into this country. And I, 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 I corrected my statement because previously, before they would know that I was an immigrant, because they would just assume, oh, I don't have broken English, so he must be from here. So they'd be like, yeah, I hate all these like immigrants coming into the country. I'm like, I'm an immigrant. Like, is is that the sentiment that you hold towards me as well? And they would be like, what, what, what I meant was actually like illegal immigrants. You're legal. So, I mean, that's fine. They give, like, the the whole, like, nervous laugh and everything. I'm like, it's cool, dude. Like, heck, if you want to if you wanna say some unhinged shit, I'm not going to prevent you from saying that. Because, I mean, heck, it's a free country. You can do whatever you want. Right? So, I've heard this, this thing time and again that how immigrants are coming in. Number one, the majority of immigrants that are, quote, illegal are coming in not by the wall. They're coming in through other avenues. And the fact that people are hyper-fixated on only the black and brown immigrants is the thing that uh, troubles me the most. Like There are a whole bunch of people that come into this country from other places as well. I'm talking about Europe, a lot of European countries and a lot of like non black and brown countries. But, you know, people just tend to overlook that and focus mainly on um, focus mostly on uh, people coming from Mexico and Latin American countries. I, I, I don't understand why. Is it is it just because, oh, brown person coming into my country, it makes me very scary or like I, I don't understand this concept. Second of all, when somebody says that 
brown people are coming into this country and stealing our jobs. W what jobs are you talking about? Are you are you talking about that brown people like people from India are coming in and they're they're becoming doctors and lawyers like and that's how they're stealing their jobs or becoming software engineers i i don't understand that that concept and another thing that was i got into a debate with somebody in grad school because i i kind of had enough of you know people just constantly saying that in front of me and nobody checking them so i was like okay so why do you why do you have a problem with uh immigrants coming into this country and then of course he corrected himself i don't have a problem with uh, with immigrants i have a problem with illegal immigrants i'm like okay at that time i was on a a student visa right so i was like did you know that if my visa were to expire then i would technically be considered and if i were to stay back in the country i would be technically be considered as an illegal immigrant would would you start and and mind you this this he's one of my close friends and and then i said would you would, would your sentiment towards me change and of course it was like no man I, I i i would never do that to you so then why do you have this hatred and this whole concept of like illegal immigrants are coming in and they're like basically taking away your jobs a lot a lot of companies rely on illegal immigrants to get cheap labor. The reason being, if they are illegal, they can pay them less amount of money. That's simple as that. It's free, cheap, effective labor. <laughs> That's the main reason why. But then, of course, for getting votes from voters who don't know better, you got to make them look like the bad guy. So it's double profitable for them. So not only are you getting a cheap, effective labor market, you're also getting a, a reason why the voters like you. Because like now, you can you can get them to hate the brown people and vote for you. So it's perfect. And the other thing is, they're never going to do anything about the illegal immigrant population. And I'll tell you why. If you remove the if you if you were to completely make a quote wall around the United States and prevent illegal immigrants from coming in, the whole of the farming industry would take a huge, huge hit. Majority of the illegal immigrants or immigrants that come in, they work for a lot of uh a major part of them work for the farming industry and if they don't have the labor force then then what are we going to do then right but nobody's going to talk about that all they want to do is complain about it but but they're not actually going to do anything about it so that was the whole thing on uh, immigrants and immigration and illegal immigrants and what have you Another concept that I would like to talk about is the whole concept of being a white person in America, right? Whiteness, there, there is nothing known as the white race. Whiteness is a concept. There is nothing known as, let me, let me say that again. There is nothing known as the white race. Okay, white 
saying that I am a white person is just basically indicating to your skin tone. That's not a race, you know, like it, it just gives a skin tone. It is a is it was a means of racial segregation and it has its roots deeply, deeply seated in white supremacy. Let me explain that concept to you, right? So initially, when the whole uh, Nazism was going around, uh, they did not have a, a lot of people included in the, quote, white race just because they were fascists. So what they would do was they would only consider the Europeans as as uh, as being white. They would exclude uh, Jewish people. They would exclude uh, Polish people. Even though right now, by today's standards, they are still considered as white, back then they weren't because the in-group was very small. And that solidifies my statement of saying that whiteness is a concept. There is no white race. There's, there's, and, and even like the whole concept of like, you know, when people get offended when they say that, Oh, uh, he's he's a white guy, you know. That's that's. I mean, for me, it's like yes, he is white in like his skin tone is fair. He has a fair complexion, you know. But like you know, just this whole thing about he's white, and then people getting offended about that. Uh, it's it's just weird. So uh, I mean, not not saying that. You know, I hate white people or anything or like, you know, it's something like that. But I mean, my wife is white. So, I, I mean, <laughs> it's it's just a concept that when people tell me that, you know, I've I've heard this line before uh, that, you know, he's like, you know, like it's it's like <laughs> it's like. It's a white person thing, or you know, it's it's like more embedded in, like the fact that they choose to, uh, uh, choose to seclude themselves from the rest of society by creating a group that is totally and completely based on skin color. Yeah, but hey, that's just how society is, I guess, these days, and people have just accepted it for whatever reason so moving forward from the whole uh you know uh the whole white talk and whole white race and whiteness is not actually a uh there's no white race but whiteness is a concept moving forward uh we're gonna talk about something just down the line of that and and this has been brought up by so many, ironically, by so many of, you know, my fair complexioned friends that it was actually baffling. And I, I would have to sometimes tell them, hey, man, just just stop. Just just don't do it. OK, how about that? And they were like, well, why not? And. For those of you listening, I think half of you might have understood what I'm talking about. But uh, the thing that I'm trying to touch on is the use of the N-word. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This topic has been 
inevitably been brought up like it, it like even you might have come across like one or two of your friends that says well it's okay for black people to say it why can't i as a white person say it so it comes back to what that word what power that word has right so Back in the day, a lot of people may not know this, but slavery was a thing. And uh, a lot of time, slavers would use uh, the N-word to denote their uh, slaves, which in, in that time, slaves were actually considered as property, like, like your phone or your house or your car. They were considered as actual material property. They didn't have rights. My my iPhone doesn't have any rights. My car doesn't have any rights. It's just my property. I own it. And black people were treated the same way. And that word denoted their oppression. It denoted their uh, means of being owned as a commodity, an actual commodity, being reduced down to that level of not being human. That's the power that that word holds. And I guess people are not able to understand that. And it comes back to them lacking compassion. Right? So it just, it just said, I, I, I needed to actually, me as a person who is not originally from here, understood that. And I had to explain this to one of my white friends that it's not okay, man. It's just not a word. You know, they were like, oh, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm I'm not using it in like a bad way. I'm like, but you have to understand the weight that that word holds. That word is 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 something that holds a lot of power, a lot of weight to it. And the reason why black people say to one other one another was each other. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot English for a second was mainly to take back that word. They wanted to turn a negative into a positive. And it, 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 it's something that just just don't say it, man. Why is that such a hard concept to understand? Right. But but a lot of people just just don't get it. They constantly want to use it. And it's that um, it's it, they just yeah, it just baffles me why people do stuff like that. <sighs> but but it is a, a topic that will be brought about like for any if anybody who's younger who's listening you will have a conversation with somebody who will try to say oh and those people are quote trying to call themselves edgy right they'll be like oh you know it's just a word man like why are you getting so offended over it i'm like okay try saying it in front of a black person i dare you to say it Ah. <sighs> Just um, <laughs> fun conversations, fun times, good stuff. And then we move on to another concept that a lot of people, and this personally, this concept, it makes me, like this topic, it makes me angry, right? It makes me angry because people think they're smart, but you're not. You, everybody's dumb. Everybody's dumb, and people... If if you worked in corporate America, you will be surprised how much people don't know and they're literally winging their every single day. And I'm talking about 
your team leads, your like your higher ups, they, they're just making shit up as they go. And these people are the ones that are are getting top dollar for for their ideas and their experience, quote unquote. Like they don't know shit. Half of the people working up in like higher positions, they have zero understanding of how stuff works. They're just like, up, oh, we'll just go with this. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, <laughs> we'll try something else. Statistics. So a lot of times in an argument, oh, statistics shows then oh, no, no, no. I'm like, shut up, man. Just, just shut up. God, you are like just by saying that it shows how dumb you are. A, a good example of what I'm trying to say is that many a times, you know, this especially comes from the older folk, like, oh, black people commit a lot of crime, or oh, statistics shows that that was conducted by some X, Y, and Z right-wing institution, says that uh, when a study was conducted in this neighborhood, uh, it showed that 90% uh, of the crime was committed by black people. I'm like, okay, show me the, show me the uh, study. I'm looking at a study and I was like, all right, let's let's google this this quote neighborhood, right? They choose the most blackest neighborhood you can think of. And when in in a neighborhood in which 95% of the population is black, who do you think is going to commit the most number of crimes from that? Huh? It it just baffles me. It's like if you stick your hand inside a barrel of apples, what do you think is going to come out? An orange? A peach? No, it's going to be an apple. People don't know how to read statistics. And when they bring up statistics, oh, I read the statistics on this paper. I'm like, you're misinterpreting the data. In that very same study, if you go to a neighborhood that's predominantly black and you say that, oh, this, if you, if you, if you choose a random person and says that, hmm, I wonder, uh, and just correlate that just because, you know, he's black, you know, and he he's he's committing this crime because statistics stay. So that just shows that you don't know how to read statistics. You don't, you have zero understanding of statistical analysis. There was a joke that one of my professors told me that it was about an experiment. So two scientists were performing a test on a cockroach, right? And it was a trained cockroach, apparently. I don't know how they trained a cockroach that could, they could make a jump. So they conducted a study that they they cut off uh they cut off one leg of the cockroach, told it to jump, and the cockroach could jump. They cut off the second leg of the cockroach, told it to jump, it could jump. Finally they they kept doing the experiment and finally they cut off all the legs of the cockroach and told it to jump. Of course it couldn't. Now, the joke is, so the result of that experiment was, scientists concluded that after cutting off all the legs of the cockroach, the cockroach goes deaf. <laughs> it was a funny joke, but like, I guess my professor was, what the point that he was trying to prove was that people don't know how to interpret data. And like, this was shown by COVID stats, this is shown by people, uh, you know, uh, trying to talk about income inequality, talking about crime rates, and like they somehow correlated 
to black people. Everything that's going wrong in this country is because of black and brown people, and and uh, somehow we need more policing. And it's it just like, how did you come to that conclusion? I mean, like, this is like one of my, this is like that coworker I was talking about, just like, you're afraid of what is going to come out of their mouth. So, so like, the Muslims did it. Oh man. So and and coming back to statistics, I mean, just that the whole thing about people love to bring up statistics. I mean, but you don't have, know how to interpret data, so what's the point of that? And the fact that the media and the news will always portray like, you know, um black people as these criminals or like stuff like that is just it's 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 just crazy and they use that very same statistic to do all kinds of you know harsher punishment on black people enforcing more police in black and brown neighborhoods it's it's just wild it's just wild how people can use stats and science to basically undermine a whole um whole race of people it's it's just crazy. So that was the whole thing about statistics. I mean, I I personally get infuriated by that was because I I for for my um for my time as a graduate student would do statistical analysis. I mean, heck, even sometimes I get my statistical analysis wrong. And I was in grad school. That was that that was literally my job. So I mean, if somebody can somebody like me not not bragging but you know i i do that i used to do that for like my projects and stuff in which like if i didn't complete those projects i would fail my class but you know just a random person who just like i don't know works as an hvac tech <laughs> i don't know they just they just don't like understand that it, it, yeah Another thing that a lot of times people like don't understand is like the concept of why are you asking for more money at work, right? Uh, this thing about, oh, you, you know, he, he's asking for too much amount of pay or like, you know, he's being too lazy and doesn't want to work or when you know, boomers, especially the boomers, they'll they'll come to you and say, oh, I can't understand these young people. They don't want to work for free. When I was their age, I used to work in four factories and get paid like $2 an hour. Huh, all these kids are getting paid way more. Huh, they have it easy. I'm like, you're literally describing people taking advantage of you and you're like wearing it at like a badge or something. Like, I feel sorry for you that you had to work in factories and only got paid $2 an hour. But, like, why are you getting mad at somebody who's getting paid well? Like, it just shows that you hate yourself. Like, and, and like, the whole thing about the minimum wage. Like, oh, I can't believe that, you know, people are getting paid minimum wage. Uh, you know, if for working in McDonald's, it's just, uh, you know, it's not supposed to be a job that people are going to stay there permanently for, huh? I don't understand. Like, what kind of an argument is that? Just because it's not the final job that you want, you shouldn't be compensated for, you know, the millions that you make from McDonald's? Like, 
I mean, I can literally point at anybody and say, this is not your permanent job. You don't want to be stuck in this position forever, right? You want to move forward. So why should I be paying you more? Which comes back to the basic concept of what determines your salary. I had an argument with one of my coworkers and basically he gave a very vague answer and he's like one of the people who who love to who loves to just be part of the big machine a well lubricated cog you know one of those people but but basically he was saying that oh a whole bunch of things affect the uh, what determines your pay, pay this, that, blah, blah, blah. But here's what mainly determines your pay, which should determine. It's not what actually does right now, but this is one of the main factors that should. How much profit are you making for the company? That's what determines how much uh, value you should hold or uh, how much salary or how much should be your compensation and there were other people there was this other co-worker who was defending oh i don't agree to that uh, i mean what about the you know the person who's like putting in money to make to start the business like yeah what about that he's not going to lose his life the worst that's going to happen to him is he'll he'll turn back into a worker that's the biggest fear of an owner is to turn back into a worker. He would have to work for a living again. But for the worker, they might probably become homeless. Even, even the ruling class or the capital owners understand that being a worker is horrible because the way they treat us. But they've brainwashed all the workers into believing that, oh my God, um, our, 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 you know, um, our big overlord masters are going to be good to us and they're going to provide to us. No, they're going to throw you under the bus at a moment's notice. It's, it's just so incredibly crazy how, how much people are cucked that they just, they just like do so good bootlicking that no, don't say anything bad about our, our, our overlords. We love them, and they love us. I'm like, oh my god, wake up, man. Like, please. Like, it's, it's just wild. It's really just wild. It's, it's like people just don't understand, like, the basics. <laughs> so, it's like I sound like a, sound like a movie that keeps telling the movie title in in the lines of the movie <laughs> so those are just some of the few few concepts of society and economics that i feel that a lot of people don't understand and and it, it just stems back to they don't identify who they are if you work a nine to five job you are the working class you need to advocate for the rights of the working class. Workers' rights is something that you should always advocate for. And coming together as workers is the only way we can make the workplace better in terms of safety, in terms of more pay, in terms of everything. A workers' union is perfect for doing all of that. But again, 
people don't understand that. And of course, they talk against workers' unions like, oh, I would never join a workers' union because <laughs> I don't want to get paid more. <laughs> and, and I don't want anybody to advocate for my rights. I'm like, all right then. So I guess you're just going to scrape the bottom of the barrel then. I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. You're, <laughs> you're just... <laughs> Uh, a lot, a lot has been going on in today's society, and I feel that a lot of people don't understand these things. And as a person who does, I feel that spreading this knowledge is very important so that people realize what their rights are. People realize how, as individuals, they can do better for themselves and for everybody else. And that's the main uh, reason why I started doing this podcast is like, there's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of uh, concepts that people don't understand. And I feel that in terms of social issues and uh, politics and e economics, I feel that I am probably better than majority of the dipshits that you hear online. So I would highly, highly, um, recommend for you guys not just to listen to me but listen to other uh content creators online that that do amazing job in this uh hasanabi is one of them uh the majority report is another one i i just love listening to them they have a lot of uh good ideas and good topics uh that they talk about uh social issues uh, they put a little bit of a modern twist on it as well that i personally like <clears throat> but also keep in mind that dealing with any concept, just don't go for the knee-jerk reaction of just reacting to it. Try to understand the topic. Try to understand the person. Try to understand why the person behaved in a certain way, right? Uh, I've, I've always said this. We are all, um, we are all the... Uh, result of our own circumstances meaning to say that a person is uh, in uh, the way how he is not because he was just born that way he was molded into what you see right now um, because of his years of experiences the years of the environment that he's been in and the final product that you see in front of you is that. And that could be positive or negative. You see some people that have gone through adversities and they've turned out to be amazing individuals. And you've seen people who have faced no adversities and are total pieces of shit. So it's completely depending upon the individual on how they choose to uh, mold themselves. And sometimes, you know, people, they get pushed in the wrong direction and I feel that as a society, as if you consider yourself to be a good person, you should do whatever you can to help that person out. And that's the only way we can make society better is by helping one another. It's, and it could be something small as, you know, hold a door open for somebody. Say good morning back to somebody that, you know, you don't know. Or, you know, let somebody take, you know, just let somebody go you know in a four-way in a four-way stop just let somebody go before you i mean heck man it's it's not going to kill you or anything the whole thing of like i am better than anybody else needs to needs to stop this whole whole idea of moral superiority and this whole idea that 
you know, this person is bad and he needs to suffer for it, needs to, like, we need to remove that from our minds. Yes, they made a mistake. Yes, they fucked up. But what, do you, do you want to punish them for the rest of their lives? Do you want to just, like, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to take a pound of their flesh? Like, they they messed up. Yeah. And it might be because of their reasons. It might be because of reasons they had zero control over. But the bottom line is, they're in a bad spot. And somebody needs to help them. And I feel that a lot of people just look at themselves. Well, I suffered and nobody helped me. So why should I help them? Is usually what people go towards. When I was in college, nobody helped me with my my funds. Nobody helped me with my college. So why should other people get, you know, all this thing, all this help? You know, I never got it. And and if you if you break down the statement that majority of the people who who don't like, uh, you know, student loan forgiveness, that's basically what they're trying to say, which I honestly feel is sad. Like this person had gone through a rough phase in their life and it just ended up like breaking their brains and now this is how they are and it was something told to me by my coworker is is and and it just made me like you were so close to the to the right point and you just missed it, it was something about how she went to uh China and the retirement age over there was uh she said something like 55 or 50 or something, which is ridiculous by American standards. And she was like, you know, there are a whole bunch of old people that were like, you know, they were doing exercise. They were like, some of them were playing chess. I mean, there was a whole park filled with people doing activities because they were able to retire early and um, they were able to, you know, spend time with their grandkids, their kids. I mean, the quality of life was way better. And immediately she paused for a second and said, oh, not in America. We work for a living. I'm like, you you were so close. You were so close to the point and you just decided to do a 180 and go the opposite direction. I'm like, <laughs> I just shook my head and chuckled and just looked down. Uh, I, I still believe there's hope for people and I know people can do better. And I hope that this podcast helps people to realize that and helps them to help others. All right, my friends, that's all the time that I have for today. Thank you for listening and I will catch you in the next one. All right. Bye.